You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 65. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. This episode is brought to you by Stride Health, an online platform built to take the pain out of signing up for healthcare. We are currently in the midst of open enrollment, but you should note that December 15th, 2015 is the last day to sign up or make changes to your healthcare plan if you want coverage by January 1st, 2016. Just head over to stridehealth.com CYOP to get yourself covered. Before we get to today's show, I just have a few quick announcements. First, I want to thank those of you who have taken the time to fill out the listener survey. Your feedback has been really helpful. If you haven't had a chance to fill it out, there's still time. I'll be closing the survey tomorrow, December 4th. And don't forget, I'm running a little giveaway to show my gratitude. Three people will win a 2016 wall calendar with photos from my CYOP road trip adventures. Just head over to creatingyourownpath.com and you'll find a link for the survey on the right-hand side of the page. Now, my next announcement may sound a little familiar to those of you who have been listening to the show over the last year or so. Over the summer, I launched a three-week DIY public relations course for small business owners called Perfecting Your Pitch, and I'm really excited to bring it back on January 11th. For those of you who don't know, I actually used to work in marketing and PR, and now that I'm on the other side of things, meaning I now receive pitches from those looking to be on my show or featured in the stories I write for publication— I've come to realize that the knowledge I learned in my old career can really do a lot of good for all of the small business owners that I now come across in my new career. So I'll be opening the doors for registration on December 7th, that's next Monday, with some pretty great offers for the first 20 people who sign up. To get all of the details and to sign up to be the first to know when registration opens, you can head over to jenniferesnider.com slash perfectingyourpitch. Okay, so today I am excited to share my first interview from Austin, Texas. I visited with artist, designer, and maker Jen Moulton, who creates everything from jewelry to leather goods to ceramics out of her home studio in Austin. Of course, I've been following her work for a while, and when I started to notice a shift in her work and the way she was approaching her art, I knew I needed to sit down and talk with her. In the interview, we cover her journey from having a, quote, real job to being a full-time artist how she's shifting her business model to maximize her creativity, and this was really interesting to me, how and why she decided to take a break from her business earlier this year. Her work is incredible, but it was such a pleasure to chat with her about life, business, and everything in between. So let's get to Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. (laughs) Thanks for letting me come to your studio here in Austin. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm so glad to have you. You're one of my first guests, so oh, it's very exciting nice. to host you here. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, so will you tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got started as a jewelry designer slash all of the other things that you're yeah. doing? Okay. Yeah, um, okay, so I always say that I got started creatively through my mom. Um, my mom is super creative. She enjoys quilting, and when we were little, she taught us painting and um to make jewelry specifically, uh, she was always having us do crafty projects to fill our time. And so I think that that was just a really early foundation for me in college. I didn't, I only took one art class. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, for some reason I had in my head that I needed to like get a real job and, you know, like real, like in quotations, like what does that even mean anymore? Right. But, um, 
I just didn't, I don't know why. I didn't think it was like something that I could actually make a living off of and pursue. It was actually a ceramics class, which I've come back around to recently. And I studied uh, psychology and political science. And so after college, I worked for nonprofits, education and healthcare nonprofits. Um, and I started realizing that I was feeling a little creatively drained. Um, and so in the evenings, I started making jewelry, and my friends and family started asking me to buy it. So I was like, I'll just make an Etsy shop and see what happens. We were actually living in Sacramento at the time. Yeah. And it slowly started to evolve from there, where um, a few years down the road, we moved to Austin, where we live now. And I just talked to my husband, Matt. I was like, I want to give this a real try. Like, I really want to go for it and see what happens. And I started taking classes locally and um, thankfully met some other creatives. And that was almost four years ago. So, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I started with jewelry. And uh, I'm just one of those people that I, in my free time, I enjoy making and learning things too. In the past few years, I've tried to learn, or I have learned, um, working with leather. Uh, I've tried wood carving. It hasn't clicked for me yet, but I hope it will someday. Um, I also sew, and that's something my mom taught me when I was young. So I started sewing some of my clothes. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. This is something I've sewed, actually. Oh, it's a really... It's the, you can't see it, yeah. you guys listening, but it's a really cute shirt. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you when you bought it. I, I sewed it. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And, and now ceramics, and I'm taking ceramics classes. So for me, it's kind of this interesting um, evolution of seeing what I learned as a child come back up as an adult in this like journey of... Um, as I allow more things to enter my life and seeing what else comes up and having very early memories of seeing my mom do it or my mom teaching us to do it or my grandmother. And that's really cool for me. Uh, That's like a big connector that I get to practice things that my family has practiced. And I actually found out last summer that um, I think it's my great-grandfather or my great-great-grandfather was a leather smith. No way. And I had no idea. This is in uh, Lithuania, Ukraine, so Russia, so it wasn't in the U.S., but... I was like, dang, I wonder if that's where that came from. Like, yeah. just, I just had no idea. So, yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason I've loved like following you on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I first found your work on via Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That seems to be where yeah. I fall down the rabbit hole yes. and just like end up finding yes. people. Yes. Yes. Me too. Um, and I think that's probably just a trend these days. Yeah. But, uh, that's what I liked about what you do is, uh, you know, I've, I fell for the jewelry. But yeah, I, yeah, the shiny. Then metal. I know. Yeah, I can't help it. Yeah, and then I saw that you were working with leather, mm-hmm. and now I'm looking at all of the ceramics that you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, I'm curious, kind of, what keeps you creating in so many different mediums, mm-hmm. and then how do you separate what's work and what's play, or do you? Because yeah. you know, I I love doing certain things that I know I will never make mm-hmm. money from, mm-hmm. just because they're it's like just a creative outlet. So right. like, how do you separate those, or do you? Yeah. Well, I'd say first, like, I I don't know why I dabble in so many different things. I, and I think something I've recently just come to realize is that I don't have to get really good at one thing. And actually, a lot of the artists that I admire allow themselves to play and explore new mediums. So that's something that I'm, like, learning and starting to accept as part of my identity. And I, I think that for me, there's, like, nothing more fun than... And trying to engineer something, figure out a new medium, totally sucking at something. And then when it clicks that moment, it's like so worth it. So that's what I enjoy doing in my free time too. So yeah. I think that that's where 
um, for instance, ceramics came in, um, I took a class in college and I loved it. And I was like, I'm just going to take it as like a play creative thing earlier this year. And now I'm still taking them and I'm trying to maybe start selling them soon. For me, that's the cool part of where like life and like play overlap. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the dream. So like, I feel really lucky that I get to play in my free time and sometimes it overlaps in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as far as separating them, I think that that's really interesting and hard because not being able to separate them, I think leads to burnout Mm -hmm. over time. And I've definitely like towed that line. Um, But I I don't know. So I I would say I don't really separate them. Yeah. I, and I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm starting to become okay with that. Okay. It's a, it's a process for me. Um, I, I just love, I don't know. There's nothing more gratifying than engineering something and then having a finished product that I'm like really, really excited about or inspired by or proud of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious what you, how you handle like your ideal customer expectations when you, when you do maybe dabble a little bit, Mm -hmm. like do, how do you handle that as somebody who owns a brand? I mean, you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that kind of comes to mind when you know, when I'm interviewing uh-huh. business owners mm-hmm. is that of course you're going to try and see if it might make yeah. you money sometime down the road. If, yeah. you, if you love it and you can create right. and um, sell something mm-hmm. like that's where sometimes our brain goes first. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's why it's hard to separate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, how do you kind of manage your, your brand in a way mm-hmm. that makes sense to everyone who's maybe watching and following along with your journey? Yeah. And that is an amazing question because that's actually something I'm working through right now. Um, I think that I was lucky to work with um, Kathleen Shannon on coaching. She works, she does Being Boss Mm -hmm. and she also does Braid Creative. And she's helped me see that um, if I have faith, creative faith in being a maker and sharing that and just following what comes up for me, that the money will come. Mm-hmm. And that is really difficult for me because I am definitely more prone to thinking right away, like, how can I sustain this? How can I make this work? Um, but I also realized that, and this may be getting a little, like, woo-woo, but um, that that's more of a scarce mindset for me. Sure. Um, and what it feels abundant to me is giving myself space and time to um, come up with these random things that pop in my head. Yeah. And... Um, the things that I have let come up like that, I've gotten the best reception on. So for me, that's really good feedback and giving me the ability to even start to trust this. But it's something that I'm actually working on right now, especially as I start this kind of slightly different path than I was on before. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, and I think that scarcity mindset is um, is something that we all yes. maybe struggle with a little yes. bit. Uh, I know I do, <laughs> for totally. sure. Um, but sometimes you kind of have to jump and just yeah see what happens and like you said you're getting instant feedback and I think that's one thing you know I I know a lot of people are like oh social media is bad Mm -hmm. and it's fear of missing out and all of this stuff but as creatives and entrepreneurs I think it's this like valuable tool to to actually interact with people who buy Mm -hmm. your stuff Mm -hmm. or listen to the show or Mm -hmm. or read my content or whatever whatever your industry is yeah Um, love your photographs, whatever, yeah. and get that instant feedback in terms of what they like. 
what they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the probably the most valuable piece of surrounding yourself with a community, whether that's online through social media or if you're lucky to have a creative community that surrounds you um, where you can kind of crowdsource ideas and be like, does this make any sense or is right. this any good? Or And also, like, those people become cheerleaders for you and um, they're invested in you and that is such a an amazing gift to be able to, like, share life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in a... And especially for creatives, I think, in a very visual way, because that's how a lot of us relate and get inspired and yeah. excited. So. And operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I kind of want to talk about, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, because sure. I want to talk about um, your business model a little mm-hmm. bit. So you create limited batches of items and then post them for sale on your site, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and one thing about that is um, once they're gone, they're gone, yeah. right? So. Can you share kind of the reasoning behind that approach mm-hmm. versus, let's say, you make uh, 50 of something? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not um, on demand and it's right. not um, large quantities, obviously. Yeah. So what's the reasoning behind that? Sure. So um, up until, I would say, May or June of this year, I did do the on-demand process um, where you could pretty much place an order anytime and I would make it and fulfill your order. And just being totally frank, I realized that I felt like um, I wasn't my own boss. I was, I had a bunch of bosses that I was liable to and that were waiting for me. And also it was a way for me to avoid the kind of sometimes painful process of experimenting and of trying something new where I was just kind of in a comfortable little sweater and I was like, this is working and people are happy and it's well received and I had, I guess, a little bit of a, it's not an identity crisis, but earlier this year, I just started to realize that, um, and I'm a gut person, so I started to realize that I wasn't feeling like it was a good fit, and I was ready to grow in some way, but I didn't know what what I was doing. It was a little bit of like an uncomfortable time, because I was like, shit, I thought I knew what I was doing, and now I don't know what I'm doing, and like all the stuff that comes up from that, all the fear, and I started just thinking about uh, taking a break, mm-hmm. which um, I took a break this summer and, and got some perspective, and then we were able to go on a trip and get some inspiration. Um, this is kind of a long way to answer your question, but yeah, that's okay. I I realized that what has been best received for me in the past, you know, I'd say two years or so, has been the time when I've had space to create something that... Um, wasn't part of a line that people were waiting to order and that people could get excited about because it was a small batch or it was a one of a kind or um, it just, it was like a little bit special because there was energy put into creating and engineering something that was different. It wasn't part of a line that's always available. And so I was thankfully going through coaching at the time and started thinking of new ideas and new ways that I could sustain my life, but also um, give myself time and space to do what feels natural to me, which is experimenting and um, trying new ideas and sometimes failing and sometimes something really amazing comes out of it. So I uh, I kind of experimented it with a big sale I did before taking my break uh-huh. where I just did a huge batch of stuff and what I had, I had. And I did amazing, and so it was further proof to me that I was probably on the right track, that that's a more exciting model for me, and it's also 
feels more exciting for me where I'm like, I'm excited about it. Um, and so I decided to try it, but also realizing that like, this is kind of an experiment and maybe, maybe it's not a good fit long term. but I just have to try and see if it's, if it's what I'm, what feels good. Yes. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you need that space. And I would think that I know, um, a lot of people can probably relate to this, but mm-hmm. it, it, I don't think it matters what industry you're in. So mm-hmm. for me, it's really hard to plan for the content mm-hmm. and create the content at the same time. Yes. So I would think that it would be hard for you to be creating the jewelry mm-hmm. or the, the leather goods mm-hmm. or whatever you're creating mm-hmm. and fulfilling orders mm-hmm. and doing exactly. all the business side of things. So if you have like seasons where you're creating mm-hmm. and then seasons where you're fulfilling, mm-hmm. I would think that it would be almost easier to like separate those yes. two or maybe not easier, but at least you can compartmentalize maybe. Yes. I don't know. Exactly. So are you, you're excited to see how that kind of yeah. plays out then. Yeah. I've learned about myself that I function really well and I can batch work. So I can just do a group of something and then move on. I don't get bored or um, it doesn't seem as tedious, even if it is tedious stuff. Um, And a lot of the work that I enjoy doing is actually really tedious, which is weird to me. Um, But I'm excited to try um, doing these monthly shop updates and so I can spend time creating and then see, get a reception. And maybe it's something I would want to put into production at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely keeping that door open, but... For me, these shop updates will serve as a way of kind of getting a little bit of crowdsourcing. Like, what are people really excited about? Sure. What if someone emails me and is like, oh my gosh, this sold out, but I would like love this. And that's amazing feedback for me about where I should put my energy, what my community is excited about. And to me, that's like, just seems really ideal. I kind of want to talk about some of your custom work because you mm-hmm. do create custom jewelry pieces, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what's that process like for you? How do you... Like, let's say I came to you and I wanted you to make me something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. How, what's that process like? Yeah. So that's, I would say I'm trying to work on improvement here. Um, uh-huh. But right now my process is, um, thankfully people email me. Right now I'm doing a lot of wedding jewelry, wedding rings, which oh, okay. I really love doing. That's a huge source of inspiration for me. Um, this goes back to when I was little. My I have all of my grandparents' wedding rings. I kind of hoard them. Um and they were all engraved, uh, so my great-grandfather used his initials to my great-grandmother's initials, their wedding date, like, I remember being super young, five years old, and, like, spinning my grandparents' rings and looking at them, and so that is such an exciting thing for me to work on, because it's really meaningful. I'm like, this is something that someone will pass on to their grandchild, and hopefully their grandchild will hoard them, like, I hoard them, and it's just a, such a symbol to me, so... I've been doing a lot of wedding rings, which I love, Um, and I think I'm lucky that the people that are coming to me like pretty modern and minimal, like super sleek and comfortable to wear every day, and that's really my philosophy, Um, so, and I love getting to collaborate, like to me that's, I get so much energy from brainstorming with people and yeah that would be a exciting process, yeah I think. it's, it's, and so it's much fun. such an exciting time if you're doing mostly wedding jewelry mm-hmm. I mean that's a, an exciting time in somebody's life yeah so that's super cool yeah okay so I kind of want to you mentioned this earlier mm-hmm. but I want to come back to this whole I took a summer off thing yes, yes. because you're just coming off of that yes and uh and again I've been following kind of your updates on social media mm-hmm. and with your website mm-hmm. and so I know a lot of people 
maybe think that perhaps they can't or they uh-huh. shouldn't take that sort of time, mm-hmm. but it can be some of the most beneficial time yes. that you can take. And yes. so how was it for you? Like how, yeah. how was that? Because how, well, how long was it? Was it like three months? Uh, I took like, I didn't, I'd say I didn't work, but I was still answering emails, but I didn't work for two months. Okay. Um, so how, how was that? You know, you said you went on a trip, so kind of, yeah. can you talk through that little hiatus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, um, I think it was something that I knew I needed to do for myself. I could feel, um, I, I mentioned this earlier, I could feel myself towing on the line of burnout. And so I knew that I needed to step back and get some perspective because the being creative and the work that I do is so precious to me that I don't want to mistreat it or go down a path that is is not proper for me. How it really started was I had planned to take time off in uh, January okay. after the holidays. The holidays last year were from insane for me, which was awesome, but a little unexpected. And um, anyone who does product, you know that the holidays start like right now pretty much and just right. go like crazy. Um and I stayed busy, like really busy. So I guess around March or so, I was like, I really need to take some time off. Like I was feeling like I was burning out. And again, I had some questions about the direction I was going on and um, feeling like maybe I was out of alignment. And so I started planning and saving to take a break. And then a few other logistical things. I knew that I was gonna move my studio. Um, so I would be without a space for at least a month at the time. And then I knew we were taking a trip to Europe, which was amazing. And, um, so I, it just kind of happened that I was like, I'll take at least six weeks off, but maybe I'll take a little bit more than that. If my studio logistics and then our trip logistics, how that all works out. So I started my break in the beginning of June and then we traveled in, um, mid July to Amsterdam, Florence and Venice. And, um, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. That sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It was it was a delayed honeymoon for us, and so it was amazing, and I fell in love with Amsterdam. I was so inspired there. Um, it changed me in a few ways, and I came back more purposeful about mm-hmm. just having a, a better creative life and a better quality of creative life, I guess. Um, Europeans know how to live and um, I came back knowing that I couldn't go back to this like working myself to the bone mentality and so I again I was going through coaching at the time it was kind of just this amazing series of events that changed me enough where I was like okay I can I can make a big to me it feels big I don't think it seems that big but to me it feels huge Mm -hmm. Um, I can make this change I've had enough experiences in the past few months that have really formed me um, and made me a little bit different but I I do have to say that taking the break was really hard I think it sounds amazing it's Mm -hmm. like oh it'll be amazing I spend my day doing whatever I want and like I get to make whatever I want and it's like all playtime and but it's really challenging if you're used to the boundaries of working and having a schedule. Um, it's challenging to step away and, and feel that very real fear of what you are missing out on, a, a fear of um, becoming no longer relevant or sure. missing opportunity. I definitely struggled a lot. It, it, it was a, a time of, I would say, very deep self-work that was like, not very pretty on the outside. I'm sure I was probably pretty difficult to live with, but, um, it 
it was part of a, a path. I, I think of it as like growing pains where right. I was just kind of going through it. I had to go through it. I had to be difficult to be around and kind of struggle a little bit. And, and I think it really came for me from feeling lost and uncertain. That was like, that was where the difficulty came from. But coming out the other side, it's really good. Yeah. It was just difficult to go through. Right. Well, and I think anytime, anytime you do that sort of work on yourself, Mm -hmm. um, and a work on your business, it's probably not usually pretty. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I think it's probably, it's glamorous when you think of it, but then like the actual nitty gritty work of it, just like anything, the work is not super glamorous. Right. It's like, um, going through a website redesign or something, you know, trying to think of a almost digital equivalent, but physical equivalent of like, you go through all of the process of what do you want and what do you need and how, you, how are you going to tell your story and do all this stuff and right. how are you going to do it in copy and visual and all of the things that you have to think about. And then, boom, you have this beautiful redesign. Right. And that's and what everybody beautiful. sees, right, is yeah. this beautiful redesign. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the bottom of the iceberg is mm-hmm. way, way bigger. Like yeah. what happened underneath the surface yeah. is um, much more uh, substantial than yeah. I think you see on the outside. So. Yeah. Definitely. Now, did you take a break from social media a little bit too? I did, which um, I wasn't. I wasn't really sure what I would do because I I tend to share like a little bit more businessy mm-hmm. on my, especially my Instagram. Um, and so when I wasn't making in my business, I didn't really know what I would share, um, and so I didn't expect to take a break like I did, but for me, it was important to disconnect and not take in so much information and so much, and for me, it's inspiring. So also like take in inspiration and instead of focusing on what I needed to be doing, instead wanting to like get inspired and just keep making, keep going down the path I was going down. Okay. So, um, I did. And yeah, it felt weird because I kind of felt like I should apologize for it. I'm like, sorry, I didn't yeah. know I was going to do it. <laughs> but it was just a natural, like for me, I just felt like I had to disconnect from it. So I just did. Yeah. No, I think that's um, admirable. Yeah. Um, I know after this trip, I'm I'm definitely, I won't take that much time off. Yeah. But I'll probably be taking at least a good little little chunk of time. Yeah. It's good to just like log out because that's what I have to do. Otherwise, I'll keep checking it. Mm-hmm. And um just like be present in your life instead of like, I mean, and everything, especially on Instagram is so beautiful and mm-hmm. inspiring, but you take all that in and you're like, okay, well, no, I need to do something. I need to do this. I want this or whatever. Instead of just like removing all the noise and just being present with where you are and what you're, where you are right now. Yeah. And going through whatever process you need to mm-hmm. go through. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. So, um, I kind of can't wait to yeah. plug just a little bit after it, this trip. It'll probably feel like a good brain massage. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So, um, anyway, let's switch gears just a little because okay. I am on this trip and okay. so I have to ask you about yeah. Austin. Yeah. Um, because you know, I always kind of like to see why people end up creating in the mm-hmm. city that they create mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So what was it for you? about Austin? Like, why did you, um, you know, set up shop here, so to speak? Yeah. Okay. So this is, I feel like this is not, whenever I hear this, I always want it to be more exciting, but my husband got a job here. Um, and that's that's why real life. Yeah. 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 It's, I wish it was like, I just felt pulled. And so I moved here, but we, we lived in Sacramento, um, 
before here and when we were driving cross country to go back to the east coast for a little bit where our families are we drove through Amarillo which I think is about nine hours directly north of here and I said to my husband I was like you know I would like to live in Austin someday and then nine months later he got a job offer down here so (laughs) I know it's like I never could have imagined um I just knew that it was a really creative and like fertile place and that it was a really good work-life balance um and those are all things that are important to me that there's an amazing creative community here and I feel so lucky to be part of it. Um, and people are supportive and excited and almost everyone is doing their own thing. I mean, I shouldn't say almost everyone. A lot of people are doing their own thing. And whenever someone hears about it, they're so excited and they're like, let me connect you or let me help you like with this. It's there's so little, I don't feel a lot of competition here. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. That's I a good thing. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like it's a very unique quality um, to Austin. And it's just a cool place. I don't know. It just has a cool factor, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we really love living here. And it's, despite the heat, and for me, my least favorite part, the bugs for us <laughs> here. Um, other than that, it's just, a, it's it's such a beautiful place to live and... It's just inspiring if you go to a coffee shop or if you walk around or if you go to, you know, Barton Springs or walk around the lake, go out to eat. It's just people are living their life and, like, living out loud, and I just love that. I find that really inspiring. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can't tell you how inspired I've been on this trip just by seeing that exact thing, Mm -hmm. people living out loud. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of explore Austin in the, like, maybe three hours that I have today. (laughs) <laughs> to I do hope, that. I hope you get to see it. I feel like you get, you'll get like you'll get a sense of the culture here. I don't think it takes long to pick up and be like, I got it. Yeah. I get it here. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. So okay, so for those who are listening who might want to launch a creative career, whether mm-hmm. that's in making um like physical items mm-hmm. or creating content or whatever yeah. industry, uh, what advice would you give them? Okay, so I feel like my advice is to listen to your gut, which I think is a, a common piece of advice that people give. But I think that we really hold a lot of knowledge about ourselves. Um, and if we just allow that to come to the surface, that's to me where, what our like creative genius is. So just do some soul searching and see what feels like a good fit to you. And what do you get like really excited about doing and that really doesn't feel like work. And then, um, once you're clear on what you want to do, I would say just start doing it, even if you can't make a living off of it right away. Um, just get started, and the the path, I believe, will present itself. As long as you show up and have the faith and do the work, you'll, um, you'll get there. And it just it takes however long it's supposed to take. Yeah, that's good advice. If that's something that um, we hear a lot about is that it feels like Maybe when you come across somebody's work, it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, they're an overnight success. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, which is such a that doesn't exist. No, <laughs> I don't think it people does have either. done work. Yeah, again, underneath that nobody sees. Yeah, to get to where they are. So I think that's great advice to just keep kind of plugging away at. Yeah, it, if it excites you. Yeah, there's this amazing quote. I'm gonna misquote it. I need to look it up and probably memorize it, so I stop. But it's like I'm listening to the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, and he brought up a quote I I don't know who it is but I think it's a famous writer that said um someone asked him like 
are you inspired to write every day? And he is like, no, but I sit down and I work at night, starting at 9 a.m. and the muse shows up to me. So it's kind of this idea of having the discipline Mm -hmm. um, to do the work. And then if you're showing up and doing your part, then, you know, the muse will come to you. Right. yeah. Yeah, I've actually heard heard that from several I think writers. I just butchered it. No, but, but I know <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And yeah. I think a lot of writers have, have kind of said something similar. Mm-hmm. And it's so true that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times I'll ask a question like, How do you stay inspired? Yeah. And most people say, Well, it's when I'm doing the work. Yes. Or when I'm doing something related to the work. Yes. Or it's not like, oh, it's when I'm on Pinterest. Right. Or when I'm, you right. know, looking through magazines or you know what I mean? It's not usually consuming no content or, or outside information yep. um it's when you're kind of going through the process yeah so. it, yeah it is it is when you're doing the work it's um I, f- I feel like people who have a, a creative um like a discipline where they get up every morning and do the same thing or whatever it is it's, it's that time that you put in that really develops you as an expert and um it's that's when like the good stuff comes and some days are really shitty like it's not like every day is like oh it's so amazing I'm just like amazing and the news comes maybe once a week yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like yeah you have to put in the hard time and then once in a while it's it's amazing right that's that's the it's not always inspiring or it doesn't always look amazing Mm -hmm. but it's doing the work yeah yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. not all unicorns and rainbows. Yes, guys. exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're just wrapping things up. Yeah. So I'm curious, what, what are the best places online to find out more about you and your work? Um, I would say my my website, um, okay. which is www.moltenatx.com, um, and my Instagram, which is the same handle. And okay. Molten is M-O-U-L-T-O-N. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Also, are you doing any wholesale stuff so are you in any stores that people can kind of look you up um okay so this is I'm developing this right now but I am working with a few shops to have my essentials jewelry line stocked there oh nice since I won't be carrying that full time okay like I was um so there's a few but they haven't gotten their orders yet okay okay well what I'll do is I will um because this will go live a little bit later this Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. I'll email you okay I'll send you the links you can send me links and I'll put them in the show notes so people can look you up but I am excited to work with um wholesalers it's amazing to be working with like-minded shops that are super supportive of creative community so excellent okay well I will definitely link up to everything yes yes well thank you for your time today I appreciate it thank you so much this is amazing Isn't she great? I love what she said about allowing our knowledge and creative genius to work its way to the surface. I don't know about you, but I could probably use a little more time and space in my work to allow for that. As she mentioned, the best place to find out more about her work is to head over to her site at moltenatx.com. Of course, you can also find both of us over on Instagram if you'd like to say hello and let Jen know how much you appreciate her sharing her story with us. Her handle is MoltenATX, and you can find me at Jennifer E. Snyder. I also did check in with Jen and link up to a really sweet shop that's carrying her work. You can find that and all of the other resources we mentioned in the show notes over at creatingyourownpath.com. And don't forget to fill out that listener survey by the end of the day tomorrow if you've got feedback for me. I've truly loved hearing from so many of you. And if you're a small business owner who could use a little help in the public relations and outreach department, I'd love to share my hard-earned knowledge with you in January. 
Simply head on over to jenniferesnider.com slash perfectingyourpitch to learn more about why traditional media outreach still matters, in my humble opinion, and what you can expect from the online course. And as always, thank you for listening, you guys, and I'll catch you next time.